Hey everyone, welcome to the Connected Caregiver Podcast. My name is Danielle Kent and I am a mom, wife, and private practice SLP. This podcast is designed to equip you to teach problem solving and social communication skills. Listen in as we talk about all things, problem solving, co-regulation, connection, and so much more. Let's jump in. Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode five of the Connected Caregiver podcast. If you noticed, this podcast pressed pause for several months. Um, It's been a wild few months, hasn't it? Um, I was looking through my notes, and um, I'll I'll share a little more details about where I've been, but it's been several months personally that have been challenging, and also several months professionally where I've really been diving in and figuring out where I want to go. And I talk a lot about this journey over at the Aligned Professional Podcast, so feel free to skip over to that podcast to read more of the journey or to listen to more of the journey. Um, but anyways, if you hadn't heard, my mom was diagnosed with cancer in early August. Um, also in that same month, I decided to homeschool my daughter given everything going on with COVID-19. And um, thankfully, my business is, is doing amazing, my private practice business, despite all of the challenges that 2020 has thrown. Um, I'm really looking, you know, again, professionally, I'll be sharing more on the Align Professional podcast and the next podcast I do there. But professionally, I'm looking to do more work, um, specifically learning more from students with autism and other neurodiverse learners and kind of connecting supports for problem solving and um, communication. But my, my SLP business, Peace of Mind Therapy and Consulting, my goal is to grow that business. Um, so I'm looking to hire SLPs for next year to really deliver high quality services in the state of Vermont. Um, So I'm looking to keep doing school contracts and also I am looking to develop a clinic site for 2021. So big goals are in the making. Um, So yes, it has been a little bit wild lately. And I have to say, despite all of the challenges, um, a lot of the, the really strong emotions that's kind of happening naturally in this time, I overall feel relatively focused and calm Um, And I have to say, I really think that's all a lot due to my amazing partner in crime, a.k.a. my husband, Adam. Um, I have to say he really collectively serves as a calming place, as a place of support. Um, He's kind of there around every corner when I need it. He really stepped up in a lot of areas this summer when I was going down to stay with my mom when she was getting treatment. um, And he helped me kind of coordinate care for the kids. And he picked up a lot of extra slack. And he also has been very busy this year um, for his business, Kent Masonry. So we are very thankful. We are very blessed. Um, and he's been an amazing point of support over the last several months. Um, he is my co-regulation partner. And co-regulation is such an important part of life. Um, co-regulation is that shared aspect of regulating with somebody, having somebody sit with you and help you connect the dots between your thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, and to kind of be present with you while you, while you go through that journey. Um, co-regulation is such an important part of life. Um, it takes two to communicate. And as I've really become to believe over these last several months to a year, it also takes two to regulate. That's why it's co-regulation. But let's break that apart a little bit more. So the it takes two to communicate probably makes sense to you. Having an interaction normally requires that it is between two people, a shared experience in whatever setting you're in. So let's say you're in the classroom or you're outside. You know, when you're in a shared space, it becomes a communication space when, when you can kind of share an experience. I always work with kids to understand that as soon as you start sharing space in some capacity, it becomes a social experience, which means that we can invite people into our world, ask to join theirs, or share the space in an expected way. 
which, um, you know, COVID has definitely presented a unique set of circumstances for us to have to adapt socially um, for how we share space. The it takes two to make communication interaction. Um, that's normally what happens. That's it takes two to make the interaction happen. Hence why a relationship is much more challenging if one person is carrying more or most of the communication work, right? So if you're in a relationship or you're in a friendship and you do most of the communication work, it typically doesn't work as well as if both people are listening and communicating back and forth. The it takes two to regulate is the basis of co-regulation. Our kids need us to be a safe harbor of support when they are having a hard time. When we set those loving limits for safety or because we know that 32 pieces of candy isn't a good idea, we can acknowledge and help them connect the dots between their thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. Oh, Troy, you're feeling mad because you can't have that candy. You really wanted it. You thought it would be delicious and so much fun to have it. I may be speaking from experience there, maybe not. <laughs> the ability to introspect and reflect on these three things, thoughts, feelings, and behaviors, develops into our mid-20s and sometimes even then beyond. Um, it's a metacognitive skill, so it's a higher order thinking skill. It's part of our subset of executive functioning skills. And so hence why adults sometimes struggle with being able to connect the dots between our thoughts, feelings, and behaviors. So now we've discussed, it takes two to communicate, it takes two to regulate. I also want to add on one more thought to this. We need to co-regulate to communicate. We need to co-regulate to communicate. Think about that for a second. If you're like, what are you talking about, Danielle? <laughs> I'll say, okay, let's talk about this. Because it's something that I'm really big about in my parent sessions and in all the work I'm doing. And I'm so passionate about it because I've seen this co-regulate to communicate work. I've experienced it in my own home and in the work I do with, with neurodiverse learners. And so I'm kind of seeing this consistently emerge as a very real strategy. So let's say you come home from the worst day ever. Let's say you got into a mini fender bender, lost all the work you had saved, the boss said you were this close to being fired, and you rolled your ankle trying to rush to your car. You get home and you start to tell your partner about your day in an upset tone and your partner goes, hey, hey, it's okay. It's not a big deal. Why are you so upset? You can just talk to your boss tomorrow. And then your partner keeps talking, but you've basically shut down and it's now a one-way street for communication. Instantly, your emotions might go a little haywire. You're thinking, why can't they listen? They didn't share the same experience. They don't know what it feels like to be in your shoes. The interaction that could have been seen both ways turns into one way. Essentially, co-regulation didn't happen first, so communication really couldn't happen first. Problem solving couldn't, can't happen. Let's say something different happens. You come home from the worst day ever, same scenario, ankle rolling, almost get fired. You're sharing the aforementioned details and your partner sits next to you and asks if, if it's okay if they give you a hug. Let's say you like hugs, <laughs> for example, and if you don't, they ask to hold your hand. They ask you to share more. They nod, they listen, and they walk through the story as you connect the dots between your thoughts and feelings and behaviors. By the end, you've connected the dots with help from your partner. And in the end, you listen when your partner offers you some ideas to troubleshoot the problem you had. It's a different story and communication stays open. We co-regulate, then we communicate. Because you've all heard the story that when we are dysregulated, especially when we're, when we're anxious, when we're frustrated, when we're angry, we are not in our thinking brain. Our thinking brain is what I describe as a ready to communicate or ready to learn, a ready to learn brain. We are in our very reactive brain when we're dysregulated. And that brain does not do its best problem solving. 
our dysregulated brain can be reactive instead of responsive. It's living in the fight, fright, flight, or freeze zones. Once regulated, we can walk upstairs, metaphorically of course, into our thinking brain and problem solve effectively. If you haven't read about the Upstairs Downstairs Brain by Dan Siegel, please do. His work in this area has been phenomenal for me professionally and personally. As parents and professionals, we really can empathize more with our kids. I'm speaking from experience. I'm speaking as somebody who works hard every day to empathize more. We don't know exactly how big their problems feel, but remember their life experiences are so much shorter and so less varied than ours are. So what we perceive as little problems or little deals are really big deals a lot of the times to our kids. So being present, helping our littles connect the dots between their thoughts, feeling, and behaviors, and still holding loving limits gives our kids the four S's that Dan Siegel and Tina Payne Bryson talk about is crucial. They feel safe, secure, seen, and soothed. And then they can feel safe to co-regulate and then communicate. I have to say, this work feels even more important for our neurodiverse learners. The ability to shift and regulate is oftentimes differently developing for a lot of our neurodiverse learners, making it so important to connect and co-regulate first before we shift into teaching and communicating. Well, I would argue that co-regulation in and of itself is an act of communication, a loving act. The, tradi the traditional talk and teach is what I'm thinking about when I say communication. So when I say co-regulate to communicate, Communicate in that way, for me, is like the talking and teaching part of this. We need to co-regulate first before we can get to that. When we try and talk at our learners who are struggling, instead of stepping into their world and experiencing their thoughts and feelings, we are essentially creating a barrier, a buffer, that we could eliminate by simply co-regulating. I've always loved the floor time DIR approach long before I knew of co-regulation. This makes a lot more sense to me now. My work is taking me along a beautiful road. I'm shifting more towards doing the work I love of supporting inclusivity and awareness about neurodiversity in our classrooms, making sure I'm really careful, really, really careful of how I approach, teach, and learn as I am a fairly neurotypical professional. It is imperative to me that as someone who gets the opportunity to learn from neurodiverse learners all the time, my work is consistently mindful of not being ableist and always celebrating learners for who they are and the gifts and talents they bring. Tools can be shared, but my work really should focus on how to heighten the child's ability to be successful. And success is really based on what the child or the family or both and what they are looking for. Some takeaways for today. Take notice of how co-regulation plays a role in your life as an adult. Who do you call when you are upset and need to connect with somebody? How does it feel when someone brushes off your emotions? Likewise, how does it feel when somebody validates, hears, and regulates with you? As a parent or professional, take notice of how co-regulation impacts your ability to communicate with your children and or students. Take an extra second to empathize when the struggles, with the struggles that your child or student is having. Keep the phrase, it takes two to communicate and it takes two to regulate, tucked away in your cap. Remember that when your child or student is having a hard time, it's always the way to go for co-regulation. It might be a hard ask when we are tired and drained, I'm going to save my self-care podcast for another day. But co-regulation is so, so meaningful for the beautiful souls that are around. Sending gratitude and thanks, and talk to you next time.
Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Connected Caregiver Podcast. If you like this episode, please feel free to share on social media at Miss Danielle Kent on Instagram or Danielle Kent on Facebook. I look forward to joining you in this community. Make sure to join my free Facebook group, The Connected Caregiver, if you haven't already. Also, feel free to skip over to my website, daniellekent.com, and check out my other offerings there. Have an amazing day.